The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast. I'm Clay Link here with Rotowire.com's lead prospect analyst, James Anderson. Always great to be talking with you, James. It is uh, first full week of the Major League Baseball season. The Reds are five and one somehow. It's amazing. Uh, Jonathan India has been kind of like just a spark plug for this team, James. I'm loving it. How are you on this Wednesday? Doing great, man. Day baseball, watching Brandon Woodruff and Kyle Hendricks go at it. So I uh, definitely can't complain. I see. Yeah, the Reds just wrapped up an 11-4 to win. Amir Garrett gave up another homer, which is a little troubling. But um, India making plays in the field at the dish. He's looked really good. And I, I picked him up in, in NL only, my final draft. I, I got a one share of Jonathan India, so it's been pretty fun. He looks like he belongs. Suarez at short. I guess they're just committed to, to doing it. He was not there today. Seemed like Luis Castillo and his uh, follow-up to opening day was like, yeah, I'd like a real shortstop back there today. Even though Kyle Farmer's pushing it as far as a real shortstop goes too. But uh, it looks like India, though, just, I mean, there's a, I don't think there's any way they could uh, get this guy out of the lineup at this point. Well, I I mean, it's, it's been less than a week, so uh, <laughs> he might... You know, we'll see. We'll see where he where he's yeah. at in a month. I'm just not used to this, Jane. Seems like the Reds always get off to a bad start. I'm just uh, my head's in the clouds a little bit. Well, um, just pace <laughs> yourself, man. It's going to be a long season. I know. 
and they don't I really don't think the Reds are going to be that good. They've been at home so far, but it is good to get off to a hot start. It seems like every year for the past half decade or so, they go like one and six to, to kick things off. But uh, by the way, I wanted to thank you for making us grab Omar Narvaez. So he had another homer last night. Yeah, he's um, been the he's been the Brewers' best hitter so far this year. That doesn't sound great for them as a team, but I'm glad we we went the cheap route and our our catcher Narvaez off to a good start in the main event. How are you doing in the rest of your leagues? I mean, I I'm doing awesome in some, terrible in others. It's just I I don't even think it's worth really discussing at this point. That's probably true. I try not to look at, at the standings myself, and I I probably you know I, I've told myself I'm gonna just grind every league every week and then you know no matter where i'm at in the standings because they really don't take shape for about a half a year but i I do think um you know certain leagues i'm off to a pretty bad start certain leagues decent but uh always trying to improve were you trying to add your mean mercedes this weekend (laughs) uh no um i might have had i might have had like a tiny bid for him in some places where I knew I wasn't going to get him, but just threw like a buck at him or something. But, um, I, I added both Julian Merriweather and Cesar Valdez and TGFBI because I was basically down to zero closers slash Adam out of Vino. So I, I absolutely needed the saves and, I uh, did not want to fall behind in, in the overall there, so um, that was that was kind of the main league where I where I actually added someone noteworthy. Uh, most of my other leagues were kind of like our main event, adding guys like Devensky and Evan Longoria and just kind of depth pieces. By the way, kind of buried the lead here. We have a new hip hop segment at the end of the show, James. This was, whose idea was this? Oh man, shoot! I should have looked that up. Uh, before no, the show, right. we'll uh, give them proper credit in time. But they, it's they a know great who idea, they are. and yeah, it was a, <laughs> it was a, it was a great idea. Uh, we're just gonna do kind of a weekly uh, walk-up track uh, nomination from from both of us, uh, as if we were big leaguers and we needed a, a song to walk up to. Um, we'll each just be kind of contributing one of those per week. Um, so. It's kind of just a, be more... a new excuse to make a new playlist, right? Yeah, I mean, this is going to be <laughs> this is going to be a playlist that if we do if we do it right, it'll get you pretty fired up. Um, yeah. So, uh, looking forward to kicking that off at the end of the show. Yeah, weekly walk up tracks. I'm excited for that. I'm glad we have a new a new thing going, and you know, the playlists that we've made so far have been pretty epic. So, I'm excited to create a new one. It'll be on Spotify. I was I, I was with you. I kind of had some your mean, uh, mostly with backup bids, and did not end up rostering him anywhere. But I got Julian Merriweather in my solo main. It took about three thirty six, I think. Uh, for, let me look that up. But I I went pretty heavily after him because my solo main events I did not take a closer until round twelve. I don't think. But now I have Kimbrel. Hector Neris and Julian Merriweather. So I've, I'm actually, I think I've put myself in a pretty good spot in saves and I feel pretty good about Merriweather being the guy now. I mean, maybe 
maybe it's Romano here and there, but I think we we can trust what they've shown us so far, at least as far as Merriweather being the primary guy. Do you agree? Yeah, I, you know, I just I think it, the whole everyone kind of discussing what Merriweather was going for. Um, for the most part, it was just kind of a huge waste of time because I think everyone, I mean, it, I'm sure there are some people that bid on Merriweather and didn't really know what they were doing, but, um, for the most part, if, if you knew what you're doing, like, you know, that he is extremely risky from a health standpoint and a durability standpoint, and he could totally get hurt this week and never pitch again this season, but he's also extremely talented and has, the stuff to be like a top five closer at the end of the year. So I just, yeah. it's, it was absolutely just a, a risk uh, and hopefully a calculated risk by those who bid on him. And uh, if you're like in my shoes and TGFBI, where you basically didn't have a closer due to injuries and um, poor performance, then taking that calculated risk, I think makes a ton of sense. If you're in a different situation on a, with a different team, a different roster, maybe, bidding anything more than like 50 bucks on him wouldn't have made sense. So I just think, um, you know, everyone was just getting worked up over the, the prices he was going for and pointing out that he's risky and everything. And she's like, yeah, of course he's risky. I, I think everyone that bid on him knows the, the risk that they're buying into there. Yeah. The stuff is off the charts and I was, you know, putting a bet on the stuff and, uh, you know, Jason Collette had him in labor, and had him active and just, oh, that was painful. But uh, credit to him being on Merriweather from really from the jump and um, should have listened to Jason. But, yeah, it was kind of funny. In one league, 12-team Tout Wars, I got Merriweather for 89. And that was a points league where, you know, I don't need saves to compete in a standings category and I don't need standings points. But I still thought Merriweather was a worthwhile add there because you do get points for saves. Uh, but in the 15 team main, I did shot 361 is what it was, and the runner up was uh, 335 in the main event, my solo main for Merriweather. Uh, looking at at Vlad Sedler saying I'm the Fab Whisperer now. Uh, no, <laughs> you're not Fab Whispering when you're shelling out 361. I get it, but uh, it was good to kind of get the slight edge there because yeah, I do feel good about about him on that team and. Uh, just the stuff and the potential with him. But yeah, I, I'd also spent big on Emilio Pagan. And that's just the, the rocky terrain that is navigating the saves picture right now. Yeah. I mean, that that's, that's absolutely way, right. Sorry to see Davinsky last night. Get uh, blow the save chance. Yeah. I mean, that, that was a cheap ad and, we weren't starting him. I mean, I, I think I have Davinsky in two leagues and didn't start him in either league this week. So, Yeah, that was, I think, a good low-cost spec for us in the main. But that's just the closer picture is so hard to figure out. Also, I was pretty mad about Andrew Vaughn sitting against the righty. He's He was out today, too. They're playing Billy Hamilton. What are, you, what are you doing with Andrew Vaughn right now? Are you starting to panic a little in mixed leagues? Um, no, I mean, not panic. I'm just, I, I hate Tony La Russa. Uh, he, you know, I mean, the last time he was in baseball, Billy Hamilton might've been a, an everyday player, but, um, I mean, 
that's kind of one of those situations where if you're Rick Hahn, you really screwed up by giving your manager a player that he wants to play over, over your top prospect. And I mean, obviously Billy's not, it's not like Billy's going to play well and, and uh, cut into Vaughn's at bats like throughout the season, but it's just going to be a really annoying next couple weeks till LaRusa realizes, uh, what he's doing. I mean, it's just, it's absurd. Like he, this is a guy that's barely hanging on to an active roster and he's getting played over one of the best hitting prospects in the game. So it's just, it's really annoying. There's nothing you can do in fantasy. I mean, what are you going to do? Like you're not dropping Andrew Vaughn. You're not, I mean, if you can bench him in, in a shallower league and play someone who's playing every day until Vaughn's playing every day, I think you can go that route. But other than that, I don't really think there's anything you can do. Do you think it's that Vaughn's just not a capable left fielder? Like, it just baffles me. I, I see this team and it's uh, frustrating. Plus, like you start the clock on a guy like that, and he's just not even playing. It's well, he's just, not a left fielder. I mean, yeah, he's, and, he's a better uh, left fielder than Suarez is a shortstop. So, I mean, it's not. Yeah. this isn't an unprecedented situation to play offense over defense. But uh, I mean, he's just he's a first baseman slash designated hitter who's being asked to play left field. But at the end of the day, he's still more valuable than Billy Hamilton is, even though Billy Hamilton's a way better defender out there. Uh, I mean, you just having just a, a zero in your lineup um, in the American League is is not really sustainable, especially when you have your best hitter on the shelf for four months. So um, it's just it's annoying. It's just it's going to work itself out. It's just going to take a couple weeks, I think. And the Yermin Mercedes breakout kind of throws a wrinkle in there for Vaughn because he, that does force him to, to left mostly. And it's, uh, yeah, not great. I do think you're mean as great as the start has been. I do think it's kind of, and I think because we both said we, we mostly had spec, you know, backup bids on him. We're not expecting this to continue at anything close to this level. I think that goes without saying, but you're mean, I do have to give him credit. And he's he's throwing a wrench in our vans with, uh, plans with Andrew Vaughn, who we I know I have in a lot of places. Uh, you do too. And actually, in labor, James AL labor picked up Chris Rodriguez, and I spent seven on him without a backup bid. I was pretty shocked that nobody else was on Chris Rodriguez in an ALs, but I you know seven I'll I'll take it. Uh, what have you seen from Chris Rodriguez so far? Uh, he's just really nasty and they're using him in a multi-inning role and um you know the strike throwing is really probably the only thing that he needs to work on but i mean the, the stuff is just untouchable basically i mean he's made some really good hitters look uh, really really bad uh, through two appearances so um I think he's a guy that's going to probably vulture some wins this year. Uh, might end up with you know, five, six, seven saves or something like that, just by virtue of being the guy that, that maybe gets the final six, seven outs of a game. Um, and I, I think that this role makes a lot of sense for him this year for this team where he was already on the 40 man roster and he was already one of their best pitchers, but he wasn't going to be able to log much more than a hundred innings this year. So they're just trying to get as much value out of, out of him as they can while he's healthy. And I think he can, he can absolutely give them a hundred, 110 innings in relief. And then next year they can 
uh, have him slotted in kind of to the, the rotation heading into spring training. Um, and he'll be able to get up to 140, 150 in 2022. So, um, at first I was kind of skeptical of, what they were doing, but now that it's kind of clear that he is a multi-inning guy for them out of the pen, it, it makes a lot more sense, and he's just been really fun to watch. Yeah, I was really happy to get him, especially in a league like that that has an innings minimum for the season at 950. If you're in a league like that with you know that's deep and you're not really sure, I love a guy like that who could push 100 innings this season if he's healthy, which is a big question with Chris Rodriguez, but I love what uh, what I've seen from him. That was that like a two seam fastball, that two seam run up back over the plate. Just disgusting stuff from Chris Rodriguez. And I know you, James, have said, or at least I think you said it on our XM show last week. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think you said you don't really expect him to enter that closer mix, and you expect him to get stretched back out uh, next year. But Rysel Iglesias is suddenly a little shaky, so. Maybe there's a, an outside chance Chris Rodriguez could uh, be like a multi-inning, early Josh Hader-ish uh, type of role. But I, I want to ask you about another long, long man prospect breaking in. But first, a word from Underdog Fantasy. Football season approaches, and you've got to check out these new best ball leagues on Underdog. Best ball is the ultimate test of your live draft skills since there's no in-season management. That's right. Draft your team and Underdog automatically credits you with your best performing players every week. You don't need to play the waiver wire or worry about trades. It's just the draft. Who doesn't love drafting? In Underdog Best Ball, you can draft as many times as you want because you don't have to do any roster management, saving you loads of time. Underdog's Best Ball Leagues are drafting right now, starting at just $3. Once the season starts, Underdog also has Daily Fantasy and an all-new Pick'em game. Go download the Underdog app now to get in on some best ball before the season starts. Enter promo code ROTOWIRE with your first deposit, and Underdog will honor a money-back guarantee during your first month. Love Underdog or get your money back with promo code ROTOWIRE. Search Underdog in the App Store and enter promo code ROTOWIRE. The other uh, guy in the bullpen who's making some waves, Ryan Weathers. Uh, Were you a little surprised to see him on that opening day roster, James? No, uh, I was hoping he would win the fifth starter spot, but I mean, just given their injuries to that bullpen, I mean, he's obviously one of their seven or eight best pitchers already. So, uh, they're obviously going for it. So I was not surprised, uh, just given the amount of injuries they have in the pen. Um, he's, he's one of my favorite pitchers to watch, uh, right now, uh, only made the, the one appearance back on April 4th, but. Uh, cruised through three innings, uh, got the save. I think, I think he's kind of a a stash candidate in uh, redraft leagues right now. Uh, I mean, obviously you can start, you can plug him into your lineup if you just need a, a healthy pitcher uh, that can get you some K's and maybe help the ratios a little bit. Uh, but I think you know Adrian Morion's not going to stay healthy or. I mean, he, he's either going to get hurt or he's going to run out of innings at some point. And, um, I mean, they've got other pitchers that could get hurt in that rotation. I kind of think Weathers is basically staying nominally stretched out in his bullpen role and would be the, the next man up if uh, they need to, to add someone to that rotation. 
So I think he can give you a little bit of value in the short term in this this long relief role. But I also think he's a guy that could make, you know, maybe he can make eight to 12 starts this year at, at some point. And I think he could be pretty effective in that type of role. You know, as you were saying that, I just went and picked up Ryan Weathers in a league. <laughs> some first, I'm only in one first come, first serve league, but they're kind of fun. Um, just that immediate gratification of adding a player. Um, I dropped JB Bukowskis, who had a decent outing, but just wasn't allowed to really cut it loose. And yeah, Ryan Weathers, yeah, pretty interesting here. And uh, if he, it seems like he's freely available. Maybe we, you and I in the leagues uh, in the main, maybe we'll have to think about that because those guys are going to be valuable this season. And, and maybe there's a, a chance for a, a more fantasy-friendly role on the horizon for, for Ryan Weathers. Now, James, when we were getting set for our XM show last week, we saw this note. And I could not say this guy's name for some reason. Geraldo Perdomo. I was calling him Geralmo. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I could not get it right. But Geraldo Perdomo. Uh, first week of action for him. Any thoughts on what you've seen and what we've seen on the field so far for Geraldo Perdomo? Well, he. I mean, he was kind of a kind of an emergency situation. I don't. I really don't think the Diamondbacks had any real interest in uh, starting his clock this early, but it seems like, you know, I'm, I'd be pretty worried. I mean, if you're like an NL only or something and, and have been relying on Nick Ahmed or you were hoping to just get some, you know, 155 games out of him this year, uh, his knee situation just, it seems pretty bad like it's it's kind of a pain management type of thing that i think might end up requiring surgery at some point uh had the p whenever you have the prp injection and then also it it just doesn't really fix the problem and then you miss time after that it's a pretty bad sign so i think you know they were probably eyeing maybe a june july august type of debut for podomo but um I mean, after Ahmed, he's definitely the best defensive shortstop they have in, in the organization, and he was already on the 40-man, so it made sense to just kind of throw him in there and and just sort of see what happens and hope that Ahmed could be back in about a week or 10 to, to 15 days. Uh, so, I mean, I don't think anyone should be judging Perdomo based on what he's doing in the majors right now. This is just not a it's not like a normal type of prospect debut where he's been biding his time and earning the call up. Uh, he's just kind of thrown in there um, out of necessity. And so, you know, I mean, he, I think he's looked fine in the field. Uh, he hasn't struck out at a crazy clip, but I mean, he might, he could be up for like a month and he might not hit a home run and that wouldn't be cause for concern just given the profile. I mean, he's a, a hit over power guy. Uh, who I, I used to think was going to get to uh, like 25 homer power eventually, but I'm not quite as sold on that anymore. Uh, it just it sort of seems like it, it's really just not something he's trying to do up there. Um, he does work the count exceptionally well. He's always just walked at a, at a crazy high clip and, and struck out. Uh, he's never struck out more than 18% of the time. So, um, you know, you love the plate skills. He's a, 
above average runner. So if he if he's working high OBPs, he could he could chip in some steals. But I don't think he's going to be a twenty steal guy. Um, I mean, he would have to be getting on base a ton to be a twenty steal guy. Uh, so it's it's definitely a, a real life over fantasy type of profile, but it's still pretty exciting to just sort of see him getting his feet wet. I gotta say too that. Other middle infield position for Arizona is looking real shaky with Josh Rojas's early performance, and that just notable because maybe it opens things up more possibilities for Perdomo. Uh, I was buying in on the Josh Rojas spring, I have to admit, um, and it is early, but one for seventeen, uh, two seventeen OPS through his first five games, and just he really hasn't ever hit at the big league level, so. Uh, you know, Josh Rojas, those spec pickups there, not not looking so hot. And maybe Perdomo can, uh, you know, if things do work out and, and things aren't as ominous as they seem with Nick Ahmed's knee right now, maybe uh, Perdomo could shift over to second as well. Well, um, I, I, I think they would want, like, they're going to get a lot more value this year out of just making sure what they have in Josh Rojas than developing Perdomo at the big league level, like, you, the the last thing you want is to like jerk a guy like Rojas around after after a few weeks, and then you still don't really know what you have in him. You you'd much yeah. rather give him like three months because the the Diamondbacks aren't trying to compete this year anyway. Uh, even if they might be saying something different publicly, like you, you want to just give him a full you know three to four months. Um, really just sort of give him as much of a chance as he can. And then if, you, if it just doesn't work out, then you can move on from him. But um, Perdomo, like he, he's not up there to just play second base. Like he's up there just to play shortstop. And then once Ahmed's back, um, I mean, maybe if, if Perdomo was just really surprising us with what he was doing at the dish and really looked ready, like maybe then you leave him up. But I, like I think they would much rather leave a struggling Josh Rojas at second base than a better than expected Perdomo at second base at once Ahmed's back. Yeah, that's probably the right call. I mean, I yeah, I'm, I'm a little nervous about this Josh Rojas start, but they have kind of jerked him around in prior seasons, and it is like, who is this guy? We we do need more of a sample to to know exactly who Josh Rojas is. Um. But, I mean, parts of three seasons now, he's got a career 194, 285, 255 line, Josh Rojas. But um, I was well, liking what were, I was seeing in the spring. I just – if you drafted him, like, it's just – it's terrible process if you drafted him and you're worried after five games. Like, oh, I know. If, if you were going to be worried after five games, you shouldn't have touched him in drafts. Oh, I, uh, I know it's a bad process on my part. <laughs> I was just looking for any kind of middle infielder, you know, with some perceived upside. But plus, I appeal to authority with Alex Chamberlain. But no, I, I'm just making the case that you know they haven't really seemed to be in love with Josh Rojas in the past, uh, given him like regular time. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think it'd be more likely for them to give like Andy Young or Josh Van Meter, Wyatt Matheson, or someone like that. The, the shot over Perdomo because like playing Perdomo at second base just kind of defeats the purpose of playing Perdomo really. Um, I gotcha. Like, Maybe, I mean, Ahmed's a really good defender too uh, at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, but that, like basically what I'm saying is like Perdomo's up only because of his glove right now. Like that's like he if if you move him over to second, I mean they they've got guys on the forty man that they like Josh Rojas isn't the only guy on the forty man that they don't know necessarily what he's bringing to the table. Like um, for whatever reason, Wyatt Matheson's on their forty man, Andy Young's on their forty man, I believe. So um, I think they would probably just use this season to kind of give all those guys a little bit of a look, even if they. Even if they do decide that, that Rojas just isn't going to cut it, um, I mean, I, I don't know. I think he could very easily, like a week from today, we could be talking about how Josh Rojas has like a couple homers and a couple steals. I fully admit it was bad process on my part, but I will follow Alex Chamberlain into like a black hole, you know. I'll follow him onto the battlefield. <laughs> I guess maybe I should have held on to uh, Ha Young Kim and, and not started Rojas in that middle spot, because now it looks like Kim's going to be playing for a while. I know the Padres are uh, trying to be optimistic on Fernando Tatis Jr., but I, I would be shocked if it only ends up being 10 days for him. By the way, James, when we were talking about your main Mercedes, Julian Merriweather and the like, uh, big names in last weekend's fab, I forgot to mention Akil Badu. Another, I think he had like a triple today and another run scored. Hit that big walk-off hit yesterday. Are you buying in on Akil Badu? Well, basically, like I, I think the the key here is just nobody knows. Like I don't know. The Tigers don't know. Like this could be legit. It could just be a total fluke hot start that he ends the month of April with like a 200 batting average and 40% K rate. Like, like nobody knows right now. And obviously in, in fantasy, even if, it, even if we're talking like a 12 team home league where like half the people are asleep at the wheel, if you, if you're interested in Akil Badu, you have to add him right now and just sort of see how it plays out. Um, like there, you know, if you told me, before spring training that Akil Badu was going to be one of the talks of the majors, I would have said you're absolutely insane. And I think every team in the majors, including the Tigers would have said you're insane, but we, we also just don't know how good Akil Badu is right now because it's been so long since he played against uh, pitch, you know, pitching where, where we were keeping uh, stats and stuff like that. So I mean, it's it's possible for any player his age to have massively improved over an 18-month span and us to just have no clue that that improvement happened. Uh, I don't necessarily know exactly what Akil Badu's been up to for the past 18 months. Um, you know, he could have just gone with the Randy Arrazarena chicken and rice diet and 200 push-ups a day and, and been working out like crazy and just gotten a ton better. Um I just we we don't know. So I think like if if you want to try to find out whether it's legit, you you have to add him now. Um, and you might have already missed that window to add him. But I mean, I'm not I'm not adding him anywhere where where it requires a big fab bid or anything like that. Um, I think you just kind of have to understand that we're not going to know how legit this is until three, four, five weeks after he's been scooped up in every single league. So. Um, 18 months ago, he was not even close to being ready to, to hit big league pitching. And that's why he was left unprotected by the twins. And that's why 
Uh, the Tigers were able to easily scoop him up in the Rule 5 draft. Um, but there's a chance that he's just way better than that now. Yeah, it's just so we don't have any way to gauge that progress over the past year and a half. But um, early returns are looking great. Let me throw this either or at you. Akil Badu or Kyle Isbell? Who would you rather have the rest of the way? Isbell. Isbell. It does look like he's pretty firmly entrenched in a platoon right now, but that's not the, the worst thing. You believe in the bat a little more? Well, I just – I think it's – I mean, again, like I'd, I had one guy ranked – well inside the top 100 and one guy ranked outside the top 200 less than a week ago (laughs) and so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna flip that based on five games you're more level-headed than me james but no i think that's that's right i mean it is easy to overreact and i you know you do have to act on these type of things if you want to potentially go on the ride but um i do think that yeah not what we've seen is not enough to bump Badu over a guy like Isbell. Um, plus, Isbell I mean, off to a nice start himself. Well, I, I was going to add, like, I think uh, I'm kind of almost proud of the bids that didn't hit on Isbell. In, um, like, I think my first main event I did with Todd and then the main I did with you, uh, we we made bids on Isbell in in both those leagues, and they were kind of calculated, not going overboard type of bids that we sort of expected wouldn't wouldn't win out. And you know, I think some sometimes those are the best bids when you maybe don't get a guy. Uh, you knew a guy was would have maybe helped your team, but you just didn't quite pay what it was going to take to get the guy. Like I sometimes almost feel feel better about those bids than the bids that do hit. Yeah, I hear you, man. I've heard Fred Zinke on his Tuesday pod with Jeff here at Rotowire mention that he kind of aims to do like, it's kind of, you know, you want to win certain guys, but in his mind, he's always kind of aiming to be like the runner up. And then occasionally he will be the winner. But I do think it's better to temper your bids earlier in the season. I did big bid big on Merriweather, but for the most part in the rest of my leagues, you know, I was, uh, pretty reined in on the the budget and the spending this week. Um, I did get a spell, I think, in one league, but I drafted him in my solo main. How about that? Pat on the back. Uh, good start, at least getting a steal and a few multi-hit games, so that's been nice. Um, I don't have any exposure to Badu, though, but maybe, and maybe that'll cost me, but... Um, that's, you can't, like, you can't look at it like, um, Oh man, I like if I don't get the do yeah, like FOMO. you know I'm gonna like like that. There's just so many players out there. Like you're the odds are Badoo's end up gonna or Badoo's gonna end up being like a Flash break even. Band. Like like he's not gonna be worth much when we look back at earned auction values because he's gonna have like two two or three great weeks and three or four terrible weeks and you're going to have them in your lineup for all of them. And it's just going to kind of cancel each other out. Um, like that's, that's like the most likely outcome with him. I mean, he could end up uh, being a huge, a huge boon for people that, that got him on the cheap. Uh, but the, the odds of that are, are not likely in my opinion. And you just, you can't be worried about like missing out on like the Akil Badu season. I mean, it's just, um like think about think about like kyle lewis's start last year and like 
you know, it was, it was a really fun ride in April. And then he took all that production back from you if you left him in your... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Your lineup for the next two months, so... Um, Same with just, Aristides Aquino, who had a homer yeah. today, but, <laughs> but no, I I totally agree. I don't have a lot of FOMO when it comes to uh, Akil Badu, but uh, and actually, I did grab. I think the only place where I actually added Isbell was in the stake league, and that was mostly to get uh, a guy like Taylor Trammell out of there, just because I felt like Trammell opened up a little bit of downside with with his plate skills. So I just I just believed a little bit more in Isbell's plate skills and the fact that Matheny's backing him and they seem to be committed to this guy as the uh, primary guy out and out and right a real quick note before we start to wrap up the show today baseball has always been America's pastime but a close second is horse racing and we've got the best way to get in on the action stable duel brings a new way to play the races against your friends similar to what we know in fantasy football and fantasy baseball you select your team or your stable of horses and compete against other stables for big money prizes. Watch your stable move up the leaderboard as your horses accumulate points based on where they finish the race. The app is free to download and they offer free games so you can learn how to play at zero risk. Don't know anything about horse racing? Don't worry. The app has all you need to know with free data on each horse's record as well as a risk number, speed number, and a value number for your best selections. This is the first game of its kind in horse racing, and you don't want to miss out. Download the Stable Duel app now and get in the game. Play, race, win with Stable Duel. Uh, James, you uh, were kind enough to throw together uh, an outline today, and I'm seeing Zach McKinstry on the list, a guy that we've kind of like you know mentioned in passing, but I ne- it feels like we've never really put a spotlight on Zach McKinstry. How good is this guy? Well, McKinstry is like a classic, a classic guy where I'm sure I've said multiple times on podcasts or radio, like this guy would be awesome if he was somewhere where he could play every day. Um, it's just like it looked kind of coming into the year and just kind of looking, taking like a three or four year view of, of the Dodgers organizational chart. It's just kind of like, how is this guy ever going to play more than two or three times a week? Uh, and so far he's just kind of forced his way in there. And that's, that's not all that surprising to me. Um, I mean, it helps that I think they've 
we've had a couple guys banged up and that's allowed him to get in there. But I mean, the guy can just flat out hit and he's a really good defender at multiple spots. And I mean, he might just sort of force, force the Dodgers hand. And it's, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of annoying because, you know, like they have so many good players and only so many spots. Um, you know, a guy like Chris Taylor or a guy like Edwin Rios could just kind of get the short end of the stick this year. And I mean, I, I think McKinstry probably just fails to get enough plate appearances to really move the needle in like, especially 12 team leagues, but maybe even 15 team leagues. Like I doubt he finishes with more than like 350, 400 plate appearances this year, even if he's playing really well, but uh, he's, he's just a good hitter. Like he's not, this is this is not a, a fluky situation. Um, he's a he's a good ball player on both sides of the ball, and uh, just it's it's going to be interesting to sort of see how that whole playing time situation shakes out because they have just uh, an embarrassment of riches. Yeah, that team is truly absurd. It's like an all star team, and I like a guy like Edwin Rios too, but it's just there's no room for a guy like that. And it feels like that's going to be the case with McKinstry and maybe a guy that ends up moving around. And uh, when you got like got a guy like Chris Taylor, who's kind of already in that mold, it's uh, it's, it's hard for me to see a, a path. But um, the skills do seem legitimate with Zach McKinstry. Uh, so good for him. I uh, That Dodgers team just seems like it's going to be impossible to take down for any team in the major leagues this year. Um. But we'll see. I mean, they're they're they are down Tony Gonsolin, and the, the injuries will start to add up. But it seems like they just have just oh, I mean, so I much did, depth that it just never ends, never stops. I did want to take a. I mean, it's it's. I'm surprised we haven't taken like a bunch of victory laps already on the show. It's victory lap week after all. But um, I am just. Well, few things made me happier uh, this first week than watching Dustin May uh, get a bunch of K's in his first start because I've been really annoyed at the analysis about how he's just not going to miss a ton of bats um, because of what he did as a 21 and 22 year old in the majors as a starting pitcher. Um, so I just am I'm all about the the Dustin May strikeout machine continuing all season long. Yeah, because his stuff is great but it just hadn't really translated yet, but he was still so young and it did just seem like a matter of time before he really mastered the craft. And it is pretty crazy what they've got, got cooking there. Uh, but Hey, the Reds are have the exact same record at five and one. So, well, I mean, it's going to be a fascinating NLCS. Uh, <laughs> to just, you know, be. you got, you let's got, just jump ahead. Let's just jump ahead to the NLCS. All the Dodgers, all the Dodgers pitching um, and experience versus all the Reds just mashing up and down the lineup. Um, the, like the upstart Red, it's going to be a, a clash of styles, and I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> you say that tongue in cheek, but we'll see, James. <laughs> no, I had a guy mention to me on Twitter that Antone, you know, he pointed out that he didn't pitch today in an 11-0 game. That is a little scary. I wonder if Antone's more injured than uh, we thought. But I think like him and Dobnak and, uh, you know, you mentioned Ryan Weathers as a stash, maybe Logan Gilbert too with, uh, with Paxton leaving. I hated to see that after 20 some pitch and pitches Paxton left, but I do think, you know, the Logan Gilbert 
the train will be will be coming soon. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see sort of how they promote Kalanick and Gilbert, whether they do it on the same day or whether they like kind of have it like a like five six days apart to kind of make it seem more organic or, or what they're going to do there. But um, yeah, I mean, I was almost as surprised watching James Paxton leave that start as I was watching Josh Donaldson uh, pull up limping on his first hit of the year, um, but. It's not gonna. It's not gonna change their developmental plan for Gilbert. He's still gonna be waiting until after April sixteenth, um, which is. I mean, it. Normally, I would say it's like insane to to play those games with a pitcher. But when you probably aren't getting more than like one hundred and fifteen, hundred and twenty-five innings out of a guy, anyways, like I guess you might as well wait. Uh, but it is just really uh, in poor taste by Seattle, what they're doing. Yeah, I guess it gives them a little cover, too, that they were already going six-man, and so they don't you know, necessarily have to uh, force a guy up. But, yeah, I, I hear you. That is So April 16th is the earliest possible date. I know usually you do an article where you try to guess at how these teams will manipulate service time. Um a lot going on and not really on the table this year, but you did the math and April 16th is, is the earliest possible date. Yep. Um, I apologize. I, I did not get that piece up this year. Um, just had, had so much to kind of get up and get done those, those last couple weeks of, of spring training. But I, I tweeted that out a, a couple days ago. Um, I imagine it, it feels a little dirty too. Just, you're trying to guess what these teams. I, yeah, it's not sure I mean, it's these not guys for sure. I mean, uh, I mean, you also have to affect like when you're just trying to guess when these guys are going to be up. Like, it's not like every year these teams just all call their guys up on that date. Like yeah, they, they, they usually not be obvious. They usually do it like within like ten days or so of that date. But it it's it's probably not going to be everyone gets the call on that day. Uh, so. If you're stashing Kalanick or you're stashing Kirilov or you're stashing Gilbert and it's like April 22nd and they haven't gotten a call yet, like you shouldn't, shouldn't panic. Uh, it's still probably happening before the end of April. Yeah. I think like, didn't Chris Bryant get the call on the very first day and it was just super obvious. And then ever since then they've kind of staggered it so that, you know, right. Vlad was a Vlad junior was a couple days later and, I mean, it is super obvious, but they try to make it a little less obvious by pushing it back right. a couple of days. Uh, you mentioned Kirilov. Do you think that arrival is still coming around that date? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I, they they are not playing uh, high quality. Um, you know, when you when you have uh, Jake Cave and Kyle Garlic and. Brent Rooker as as the guys that are that are sort of getting those opportunities. Um, I you know it's it's he's such a massive upgrade over over all those guys. Uh, I do think they want to play Luis Arias every day against righties at the very least, and, and definitely some against lefties. But Josh Donaldson is is on the IL right now, so um, I mean, I guess there there's a chance Donaldson could get back before Kirilov comes up, and then you've kind of got a few too many guys. But uh, I just, you know, I'll, I'll take the under on any sort of games played bet on Josh Donaldson. So I 
I just I think it'll it'll work out. I mean, somebody else could get hurt too by then. So um, Kirilov didn't have a great spring, but he, he's still uh, an awesome hitting prospect, and I I would be pretty surprised if we didn't see him uh, before May. Yeah, man, I'm with you. You know, everybody, all these. Uh, I was just thinking about Byron Buxton and how what a crazy start he's off to. Um, but yeah, I think uh, you know, aside from like him and Arise, you know, and of course Nelson Cruz. Um, I don't know. I think they could maybe use a little bit of a spark from a guy like Kirilov. Just seeing seeing that team a few times already this season. Um, but I was thinking about Buxton, and yeah, everybody's a big proponent of daily moves leagues. Until the guy's out of the lineup, you take him out, and then he hits, comes into a game and hits a homer. <laughs> Dude, you're. I saw people complaining about that. You're preaching. I I have him in. I, I'm in three daily moves leagues, and I have Buxton in two of the three. And of course, I had him on the bench for that. Oh home. man! I'm I mean, sorry, what are you gonna do? I, like, I know. You know. And that's why everybody, you know, I'm not a big Daily Moves League guy. And so, I mean, I guess Buxton would have been a tough call on a weekly or even half-week NFPC. But, you know, everybody I just saw on Twitter, oh, man, like he comes off the, the funny, bed. I mean, the funny thing is I had him going in all my weekly leagues. Yeah. <laughs> so, see, like, see. I I figured he was going to play. I figured he was going to play enough in this first half week to, to make it worthwhile. But when it when you get that note on like a Tuesday or whatever, the guy's out of the lineup and you're in the daily moves league, it's like, well, all right, who am I going to start over him? He's out of the lineup. Um, so that's just so funny that I I got I got that home run in my weekly leagues, but not my daily. <laughs> it is funny how that works out because yeah, it didn't seem that serious, right? It was like just some non-COVID illness or stomach bug or something. So yeah, you, I mean, you I would start it, him in a weekly league. It, it might have even been just like the. I mean, I guess they might have thrown him on the IL if it had been a reaction to the the vaccine. But yeah, I, I just assumed he I assumed he was going to get like two to three games this week, so I plugged him in those weekly spots. And uh, but yeah, I mean, he's he's such a he's such a freak, man. It's it's uh, I think it would be really fascinating, like if we could just in an alternate universe, if Byron Buxton had just been like an Iron Man and had just never really dealt with any sort of injuries. I mean, we might be talking about this guy as one of the five best players in baseball, and it's just it's like a kind of MVP multiple times over. Yeah, yeah, man, I'm pretty excited watching him. Although I don't have him in a single league, so maybe that was kind of why I was, you know, happy to see some people leave him on their <laughs> on their bench yesterday. But no, I, I I saw you know that the swag too, like when he connected yesterday, just. The guy's got it. Hopefully he can just stay on the field because that would be, be a game changer for Minnesota. Uh, you mentioned Kirilov, Kelnick, uh, Logan Gilbert. Anybody else around that April 16th date that, that you expect to see? Um, no. You know, when I when I tweeted that date out, you know, I was getting people asking about, like, Wander and asking about Bobby Witt. Uh, yeah. I just I don't see it. I, I I think those are those are like early June guys is kind of where I would I'd guess. Um, I mean, I'm sure there will be some surprise guy that that we just maybe didn't see coming, um, who maybe isn't gonna move the needle quite as much. Uh, but 
Yeah, it's really it's really uh, Kalanick, Kirilov, and Gilbert are kind of the the big three stash candidates right now. Just if we're talking about guys that could be up in in April, um, there's definitely formats where it's worth stashing, you know, over a dozen guys. But um, in terms of the the twelve and fifteen team redraft leagues, I think those are those are the three names to watch this month. Yeah, Bobby Witt. I saw he homered at the alt site the other day, but and they they are down Mondesi, but uh, you know you'd expect Mondesi to be ready around that, or maybe ready around that April sixteenth date, and such a limited professional experience for Witt. We did decide to hold on in the main event, but you said you know you may have to sit me down and just break it to me that Clay, we got to cut Bobby Witt. <laughs> And I'm open to it. I don't. I'm not like committed to that stash. Well, who who would you rather cut right now, uh, Bobby Witt or Randy Dabnett? Oh, you know, probably Witt, frankly. Although, yeah, no, I'm I'm uh, proud of you for saying that. I'm really proud of you for saying that. I thank I, thank I think that's right. I think that's right. I just think Dabnett's going to be getting starts pretty soon. And that save, I don't know if we did we capitalize on that save. I know I got it in a few leagues. It was actually a cost. Uh, no, we did. We didn't. I mean, so that's another question, right? Like, do you even want that save? Like, would yeah. you want that that ERA hit for that save? Well, I got it in in labor and in a league that deep. I'll take the save. Yeah. Uh, and plus, um, I you know, Dobnak, I can't like funnel out of my lineup anyway in that league. So. So. You know, I you know I can't help myself here, Clay. Uh, mm. Brandon Woodruff is through six no hit innings with eight Ks, mm. uh, wow. and that's not surprising. But um, I want you to guess how many pitches he's thrown to get through those six innings with eight Ks. Oh man! Now I'm going to have to turn this game on. Um, let's say fifty six. You nailed it. <laughs> Seriously? That's yeah. weird. I'm actually turning on the YouTube TV app right now. I didn't know that. I swear to God, but that's crazy. I was going to guess like 48 go really low, but that's still insane. 56. No walks, no hits, 8Ks, 56 pitches through six. Well, I bow down to you, James. You you took the the correct side, it looks like, especially after Max gave four solo homers. That's not a. That's not. That's, that's not, not even guess. close to settled yet because um, that's a. That's the whole thing with like the Jordan Alvarez stuff too. Is like if you were fading a pitcher for or like even Corbin Burns, like if you're fading a pitcher or a hitter over a reason that has to do workload. with their like dur- durability or just workload or whatever. Yeah. Like, there's no such thing. Like, you're not right um, a week into the season just because they're playing well. Because the people that didn't take them, it's not like they didn't know that the player was really good. They were betting against the workload or betting against the durability. Like, so yeah. I'm definitely by no means claiming victory on the Woodruff thing. I just, I, I mean, when the guy's got a perfect game going, I figured I had to mention that. Oh, no, I, I'm glad you did because I, I had him too low just generally in my rankings. I admit that. Uh, I hope this is on Fox Sports Wisconsin. Dude, is that they, what you're watching? YouTube TV uh, is the worst, and they do not carry. Uh, oh, actually, I, mean, I, I don't know who to blame out of 
of the the channel or the provider, but it is not available on YouTube TV. I was trying to find a Brewers game on here the other day, and I couldn't. And that's horrible because now when the Reds go to to uh, so where are you watching it? Or just watching it on? Well, uh, I'm watching it on the app. Like I, I'm watching oh, it on Fox Sports app. Fox um, Sports app. Okay, I'll have to probably get that because yeah, when the Reds come to town, I I always turn on Fox Sports Ohio or Fox Sports Wisconsin, but it seems like I can't do that. Well, you on YouTube just, TV anyway. You should just go and watch it with uh, with Kevin and I somewhere. Yeah, man, I would be down, especially. I don't know when the Reds are in town first, but uh, we should definitely plan on that. Uh, so, James, and as we wrap things up and head into the the new hip hop portion of the show, anything else you want to mention, prospect related? No, let's let's do the let's do the uh, walk up tracks. I love this, and maybe our buddy Andrew Redding can can start the Spotify playlist. If not, I could jump in. But uh, I think this playlist is going to be pretty pretty nasty. Again, walk up tracks. You know, we like to put ourselves in the shoes of general managers. If we were putting ourselves in the shoes of players, what would our walk up track be? I'll let you go first, James. New segment. Well, who are you going to christen the playlist with to start? Well, I had to go with a, a DMX track. Uh, oh, nice. Really, really hope, hoping for some good news on that front. Doesn't doesn't seem like the greatest situation for him. Uh, but uh, DMX was a big part of my, my middle school uh, childhood days and I'm going to go with uh, Keep Your Shit the Hardest off of Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood. Um, I think that that one really, really gets you pumped up and uh, is a nice kind of, you know, I think that if if you're a masher and you come to the plate and you're you're coming out to Keep Your Shit the Hardest by DMX, I think that's going to intimidate the pitcher to to some extent. And uh, you're probably going to, you're probably going to hit the ball pretty hard uh, with that track. So I'm, I'm, I'm coming up to that one. Yeah, intimidate the pitcher to a large extent, I'd imagine. And that's a class move, James, because we're all thinking of DMX and uh, flesh of my flesh, blood of my blood. Like that was an iconic cover and oh, just yeah. an iconic album. And those first two DMX solo albums, my brother was all about it, and I was all about it in turn because you know your big bro loves it, and he was well, bumping it all the time. I mean, that was a a kind of unprecedented because i think he released both of those um so he released it's dark and hell is hot i want to say in early 98 and then he released flesh of my flesh blood of my blood in late 98 so he had like two number one albums in the same year which i i think oh he was the biggest thing in hip-hop for a while yeah, I think I think the only other rapper that's maybe done that is maybe I think Tupac maybe did that uh after he died. I think uh I think Machiavelli right, and Are yeah. You Still Down might have been the same year, but um yeah, I mean that a legendary like 98 was DMX's year through and through. Yeah, 98 was a legendary year and DMX owned it on the hip hop scene. My track may actually be from that same year. Let me look it up. Um, because this is a song that I, I actually proposed. I added AG Amir Geared on Twitter and said this should be his his walk up song or his entrance theme. <laughs> um, 
if if he were indeed the closer, and that's Wu Tang's triumph. Now yeah. I've I've mentioned this a lot. It was from '97. I just love this song, and you know that that iconic first verse from um, from Inspector Deck in the video where he's like hanging on the the side of that skyscraper and uh, bomb atomically. Socrates philosophies and hypotheses. It's just iconic. And the beat, even if it's just the beat, you know, even if, okay, they don't want to have the edited version blaring over the, over the loudspeakers. You can just play the beat. And that alone is just iconic. So Wu-Tang Clan triumph. And I will, uh, again, say that Amir Garrett should use that as the, uh, his closer entrance theme. That'd be really awesome if you actually impacted which song he was gonna <laughs> gonna use there. Well, he didn't throw a like my way, so I don't know. Oh man, he must he must not have seen it. I'm sure he gets tweeted at all day, every day. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he just didn't see it. That's that totally <laughs> it. Um, I think these are two good ones. I may have put Triumph on a, a past playlist, but you can never really have enough Wu Tang Triumph. That that in the late '90s was just so legendary for for hip hop, man. And I gotta say, you know, I James, I'm fully on Capadonna now. I have slandered Capadonna too many times. Capadonna's legit, and he's he's got his own unique flow. And I'll never talk bad about Capadonna again. And I do owe Method Man an apology for crapping on his drop the mic show and calling him a sellout. I would I would sell out too. I, I also want to apologize to I, I never trashed Method Man like you um, for that, but um, I I owe Kappa an apology. I think uh, I still you know not not my favorite uh, Wu Tang member, but uh, he's got some classic verses, man. He's got some good ones. And I just I watching uh, of Mike's and Men, I he seemed like one of the chiller guys in the in the crew so i i uh definitely want to apologize for for slandering him uh in, when i was <laughs> younger and and not as informed and not as wise yeah i really like you know guys with unique styles and he's got a very unique one and uh he was great of mics and men is just a must must watch if you haven't gotten around to it yet uh but good stuff hopefully we can get this playlist going soon anything else james that you want to say before we sign off today no nah, man, I didn't. I didn't even think we had enough to cover like a half hour, and we're we're gonna be going about an hour long here. So, um, good stuff. Yeah, man. Thanks for all the insight. Good luck the rest of the first full week of fantasy baseball, and we'll be back next week on the RotoWire Prospect Podcast.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.